Yeah, the US the US gangster movies to me always seem a little bit more polished, a little bit nicer. You know, everyone's a bit prettier. But oh, the yeah, Brits, yeah. that. they've perfected the art of their head, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't see many American movies where someone <laughs> nuts somebody, eh? Yeah, They're too pretty. That's, that's, too pretty quite just, that's quintessentially British. Yeah, but, the, but the, in the, fairness, they did kind of steal that off the Scottish, so you know. <laughs> It all goes round. It all goes round. That's right. Glasgow kisses for everyone. The Glasgow kiss, yeah. That's right. Good evening, listeners, and uh, welcome to Movies, Music and Madness. Have I got that in the right order? Madness, Music and... The kids have just said it anyway, haven't they? Thanks, kids. (laughs) (laughs) They're not even my kids. Okay. Whose kids are they, by the way? Uh, I, know. I don't know. They were cheap. They crashed our podcast. Did you? I thought somebody borrowed them from Johnsonville or something, just went through mm. and take, you know. Anyway, so welcome, uh, listeners, to our podcast and welcome, guys, this evening. It's nice to see you all. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mums. Yeah, that was a good day. So let's dive straight in. Our podcast is about uh, we review an album if you've never listened in a mo- in a movie in a particular year. This year's nineteen ninety eight, and I have uh, three good friends here on the screen that you can't see, but uh, I-, I-, I like to refer to them tonight as the band. So let me introduce hey. the band. Yeah, we have uh, on the glass harmonica. We have Glenn. Kia ora. Kia ora. On the stylophone, we have Martin. <laughs> On the theremin, we have David. Right, straight to Google on that one. How do you oh, spell come on. Oh, I don't know what a theremin is. i got David. no idea. It sounds like yeah. something you, you get done to you if, you if you don't look after yourself after you get into middle age. What is no, a theremin? Yeah. Get off the show. Get off the show. It's an electronic instrument. Um, yeah, and yeah. also um, particularly there's that one. You, you play it with your two hands. Yeah, good one vibration. One controls the pitch ah. and one does yes. the, the modulation, the vibration thing, yeah. yeah. So as you move um, your hands away from it in different directions, you get different different pitches and right. tones. Yeah. You gave it to me, Ian, because I'm good with my hands. You, mate, you, you should... Good, good vibrations, David, by the Beach yeah. Boys. Really? You listen that? yeah. That's it? Yeah. That's it. That's like that, the that's premier a theremin. Yeah. yeah. So we've all just learned something. And uh, and myself, Ian, and I'll be doing the uh, Mongolian throat music tonight. Uh, so thank you. Again. So no. I think I think it's going to be a nice, a nice evening. Can uh, I leave? 19, yeah, 1998... Now, this was interesting. So uh, this was a pretty epic year. Uh, it gave us lots of things. It gave us, um, and for our listeners tonight, there will be, I have to warn you that there may be a couple of um, those um, moments where we try and sound like someone. It's, it's not going to be, there are some moments that are not going to be pretty. This is one of them. Yeah, what? well, it was it was what? the year of auto tune, right? Yeah, and right. yeah, it was. And Stuart had that song. So, and do you oh, remember the song "Believe"? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you believe, da, 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 da. 
No, it, it's yeah, not that. And it, that and it had that weird bit in it, eh? You got, do you, know, you got to do, do you know that. the um, the urban myth about that? Go about on. That song. She turned up to the recording studio with a stinking cold and sang the song, oh and boy. it was so bad yeah. that they ended up just auto tuning like the whole of the chorus oh, that she Jesus. recorded that day. And that's where that's where it came from. Apparently, it's oh. the first time it had ever been used for that kind of <laughs> pitch shifting thing to that yeah. extreme. Oh, and then it's a. Everybody sounded like a chipmunk for three years afterwards. So, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a horrendous sound. If you want to make the uh, if you want to imitate the sound, you just the easiest don't. ways to do a bit of bit of a don't but do do a raspberry. I want you all to do this for me now, guys. Do a raspberry. Take your first finger and make the noise and wobble it up on your lips. Like that. That's it. You got to say the words. Oh. So Auto Tune was here. Uh, what else did we have? We had um, ty- uh, Titanic Mania. We had Britney and uh, the comeback of Apple. We had uh, Harrison Ford was voted the sexiest man alive. Oh. Bill Clinton was having a bit on the side. Uh, Britney Spears released her debut single, Hit Me Baby, one more time. Um, and after, do, yeah. Do, 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 do you sing that one? Uh, no, but I, I think most people in the world would probably love to I, hit her one more time after releasing that song. I, had a, I have a know. story about that. Not, <laughs> can I tell you? Uh, it's, 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 it'll be quite... Will Smith style. Will Smith style. <laughs> God, so I, was, I, was, I was in the middle of Ch- I was visiting China in the early 2000s, um, and I thought I was in a, in a small village. Uh, me and my wife's family for the first time, and I thought I'd uh, I'd go get my haircut, go get a normal sort of normal everyday thing. So I popped into the local barber. Ian, you'll appreciate this one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh, and it was the f- I you know I'm half Chinese for those listeners, half Chinese, half um, English, Scottish sort of mix, real mongrel. But I was the first um, foreigner that some of these folk in the hairdressers had seen since the seventies. Oh my god! Wow. In real, like in in blood, right? In real, and they pretty much all stop what they're doing and sort of turn their head as I walk into the into the barbers, and and, and then there's this flurry behind the counter. Someone ducks down behind the counter, and I thought, oh, geez, what have I, you know, what have I started here? Anyway, up on the screens, up on the television screens comes, they put on a VCD, you know, like before DVDs, mm-hmm, VCDs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they put on this VCD of. Britney Spears hit me baby one more time because it's the only English they knew. <laughs> and they figured and they figured I would I would just have I'd like it because I speak English and I must like that. And so I had to sit there and watch reruns of Britney Spears while getting my hair cut. How, uh, did, you, how did you how did you order the haircut? Oh well Mancy was there. Oh, so she, <laughs> she did it for me. Yeah. It is a great, it is a great, it is a great song, and it is it has got great English in it, and um, it's it's. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was moving on. Say, does, does everybody over there go? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the question? Well, they're all going around saying, "Hit me, baby, one more time." They will now. No, they will now. Anyway, the uh, okay. Let's move on to a, f- a few fun facts. Well, one fun fact 
the Furby was the hottest toy in the market. Those were scary, uh, eh? They were a little bit scary. Uh, uh, terrifying. Yeah. So that gives you a kind of brief rundown of 1998. How old were we all at that time? 22? 22-ish. Mm, yeah. Is that the year Diana, so, Diana passed away? No, nah, the year before. Oh, the year before. Right. Yeah. So this yeah, so this year was uh, all the for all the listeners, yeah. all the boys, we have a little page where we where we chat to each other and there were several changes made throughout the albums because oh, there was yeah. a lot of stuff going on, man. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Hand up. Someone jump in. Come on, Dave, you're on. Mr. Chan. <laughs> okay, us, all right. Hit, we'll start with movies. Hit us with I'll your hit, you. hit me with your hit My me, movie. baby, one more time. Okay, so this is gonna be a bit different. So I've chosen a movie yes. that uh, came out in 98, obviously, but um it's only 45 minutes long. But it's the it's highest really grossing. It's the highest growth. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a movie. It's in the cinemas, only in the cinemas, actually. So um it it was it is still. Uh, the highest grossing film documentary ever, both yeah. when it was released in the cinema and also to date. Um, and it's only 45 minutes long. It was shot in 70 millimeter film, it was shot from mm-hmm. IMAX format, and it is the movie Everest. Um, and I chose this because. Uh, I'm unashamedly an armchair mountaineer um, through and through. Um, you'll never get me up. You'll never get me higher than sort of on a, you know, on a on a on a building here in Wellington. Um, you know, we, going up to those sorts of elevations that, oh. that you know you see in the you, Himalaya. You went, you went. You went to Tibet, though, man. Yeah, but I didn't go up the mountain, mate. I I, I sort of watched it from the bottom. <laughs> and, Bottom of and, the uh, top of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and and thanks to fellows like um David Brashears um and Ed Vistas and others that worked on this film, and, and they're both mountaineers, and Brashears was the um producer. Um they've mm-hmm. shot this thing in in you know um in, in large format 70 millimeter film that just is is phenomenally um good. But what makes this movie special to me is that it it was they went up the you might remember in 1996 there was that terrible tragedy mm-hmm. where um uh two two large expeditions basically got caught in this um in the storm up there one of them was led by rob ball a kiwi mountaineer um and and it's it's infamous for the phone call that he made to his pregnant wife from the top of everest um just before mm-hmm. he passed away and it was patched through to to christchurch um that that event happened while these guys were filming so um yes it was released in 98 but um because of the events of 96 they you know they couldn't ignore the fact that they were they were caught up in this tragedy Mm -hmm. and they and they and and they gave all of their oxygen canisters and their radios and everything to the rescue teams um at the time to help try and uh you know get people off the mountain and 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 you know, unfortunately, you know they um, they were able to to, to help um, and and you get in there. But you know, there were still I think that season twelve people I think it was died, which was the highest at, for any you know any particular season at the time, and it's still third highest or something like that on record uh, for you know loss of life in a season. So this film, this film, um, it has it has all the um, you know high tech wizardry of large format. Um, there's a reason why it grossed about 140 million while it was in cinemas, which, you know, is still a big number today. And 
uh, is a big number for any type of film, let alone a documentary that's only 45 minutes long. Um, it's narrated by Liam Neeson. Um, and uh, yeah, just an excellent flick. If you get to see it, because it is it is actually um, doing the rounds now again in the cinemas as as I review this, um, and I'll just bring this up online because it's, it's some 20 something, how many years since 98, fellas? What's your maths like? Oh, it's about 45 years. Yeah, yeah. 60, something Sorry. like that. Um, so it's doing the, it, it, the rounds, and it is, unfortunately, it's not coming here to New Zealand, but if you are over in the UK, um, they are showing it on the IMAX, um, uh, in the IMAX cinemas, and it'll be in. Oh, it's a UK Bradford. Um, it's going to be there. It's going to be in Australia. It's coming to Melbourne. Um, unfortunately, nothing here in New Zealand. But if you do get a chance and you live, go and check out the website, everestfilm.com. Um, it is remarkable in terms of what you, it feels like you're up there. Uh, and, and of course, it has, of that 45 minutes, a large proportion is dedicated to that tragedy that happened in 96, um, which has a, a close New Zealand connection. Um, I think the only thing that I, I'd, I'd say could improve it is that uh, at the time, um, I don't know how much you guys know about this tragedy, but there was a Russian Kazakh uh, mountaineer who was a guide, um, Anatoly Bukriov, who was um, who was sort of lambasted, lambasted for um, deserting his uh, the, the American team that was going up there and basically going up and coming down quickly instead of um, helping people down the mountain as the storm was approaching. Um, and he says he did it on the uh, on the recommendation or advice of his um of his of of the leader um Scott Fisher who was the American expedition leader who lost his life. Um, Anatoly got down to um, advanced base camp or whatever it was camp four I think it was and was able to um you know recover and then go back out and rescue a whole lot of people, essentially saving them from certain death um when the, in the middle of the storm. And he was awarded all sorts of accolades from, you know, the American mountaineering clubs and things like that. But he was never mentioned in this film um, because of, uh, you know, tensions, the Cold War and all that. Um, the fact that he was, you know, he was, he was sort of of Russian descent and he never really got the recognition internationally for, you know, they basically painted him as a bit of a villain that, you know, he should have been with the party when they were coming down rather than, you know, um, sort of trying to go ahead as an advance party and so i think that they could have probably you know two years had passed and things things have sort of played out and totally lost his life in 90, 90, uh, 1997 just before this came out so um you know he yeah i think they probably could have portrayed him in a different light because history has shown that he he pretty much saved four lives doing what he did um that's probably the only criticism i have of the movie i think Mm. Everything else is really well told, um, and and of course it's shot live. So what you see is what actually happened. There is no, you know, there's no acting. It's uh, you got the, the mountain. The producer in that is actually um, a world class mountaineer. Um, wow. So yeah, so highly recommend it. Um, Everest, <laughs> see if you can. McGillivray, McGillivray Freeman's Everest. It's called. Sweet. Thank you, mate. That's very shooting, good. Shooting in 70 mil on there, that wouldn't have been easy. No. That would have been heavy because that's yeah. a big, big film stock. Big unit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 70 mils are oh, amazing, eh? Like a lot of the old epics were shot on 70 mil. And not just 70 mil, like, but IMAX as well. It's yeah. even bigger, right? So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah, I've never seen that. 
Mm. It's in 16K resolution now. Wow. So they've digitally remastered in 16K mm. resolution. So, you know, be good to see, chance, it? listeners, if yeah. you can, go to the website, see if there's something screening near you. Because, um, mm. so you don't know. Yeah. Looking at it on your phone's not going to cut it, is it? <laughs> no. Not, not quite. No. <laughs> Martin, hit us one more time. You're itching. I can see him. He's itching away. Okay. So the film that I've chosen this week is a bit of a classic. Um, well, as classic as you can be for 1998, I guess. So I've gone with The Big Lebowski, directed by the Coen brothers. Um, so at its essence, really, the film is, is kind of like a, it plays a bit like a Raymond Chandler novel. It's a detective story, really. It's like a, a mystery um, and it's a story about um, uh, uh, a guy who is, um, for, for want of a better word, I guess a slacker. <laughs> He's a real dropout, uh, this guy, I Lebowski. Love, I, I love Lucy movies, and this is such a good one. It is. Because not only is he, and I think the point there really is, is not only is he a loser in it, but everybody else in the movies on it <laughs> it's a genre that we could actually dedicate a special to absolutely there are so many great loser films yeah <laughs> I, choose, I choose bad santa if we're doing that oh, oh bad santa. wow yeah I, I would possibly pick um close encounters of the third kind because <laughs> roy is a complete loser <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, hijacking yeah. Martin. Guys, guys, sorry. back on the sorry, rails. Martin. Back on the rails. Matt, sorry. carry on, mate. Where was Glenn, that? shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, so the story is basically um, based around the idea that he's um, a case of mistaken identity, and that mm. um, a couple of um, guys turn up at his house, um, basically trash the place, and one of them pees on his rug. <laughs> and he's quite annoyed by this because the rug really tied the room together. So um, it turns out that the Lebowski that they were after is actually a millionaire. Um, and uh, they've basically kidnapped his wife. Um, so as the story kind of goes on, it becomes quite convoluted and, and characters kind of interact and um, it does kind of like intertwine as it goes on and the, and the plot hole kind of gets deeper and deeper and deeper as the movie goes on. And then it all kind of like comes out in the open in the last like 15, 20 minutes. But what I love about this film is not only is Jeff Bridges who plays the dude or the, the <laughs> slacker Lebowski, um, just the biggest dropout ever in this movie. Yeah. Um, That's a good part. Yeah. He does it to a T. Um, yeah, the whole film just feels really chill. The, the, yeah. there's, nothing is at a pace in this movie. Everything just takes its time. It's sweet time, mm. um, and you can watch it over. Right? You can watch it absolutely. over as well. That the kind of movie. factor on this yeah. movie is huge. Yeah, that's um, good. The, it's a brilliant, brilliant script. Um, it's mm. brilliantly acted. Um, not only um, uh, Jeff Bridges, but also. Um, his two best mates in it who are played by um, Steve Buscemi um, and uh, John Goodman, um, mm. who are just as equally 
um, socially inept <laughs> and, and <laughs> completely hopeless as, as the dude. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the film's become a bit of a cult classic down the, well, it has become a cult classic. Um, and, you know, if you know any of the kind of Cohen brothers' work, um, they, they always go for the underdog. They always kind of have, have a thing about an infinite affinity for, for kind of hero, heroing the, the complete losers in their movies. Um, one of the, the cool things about this movie as well is the soundtrack. It's got the most bizarre mm-hmm. soundtrack ever. It's the most, um, there's, you know, it goes from, uh, uh, a Mexican version of Hotel California by the Gypsy Kings, I think, to, to <laughs> Kenny Rogers singing, like, you know, condition that my condition is in, and all this kind of stuff. It, that's, it's a, got, that's a great song. Yeah, it's a brilliant song. A brilliant, um, and, a, and a brilliant, brilliant scene, song. and it ties in so well with the scene in the movie as well. I'm not going to spoil that, but but it's a fantastic moment in the movie. That's um, right. Was that Steve Bashimi's character, Donnie? Yes. And he's like, yeah. F up, Johnny. Shut yeah. up, Johnny. <laughs> Shut up, Johnny. For the entire movie. <laughs> Johnny John, can't John get a break. Throwing those ashes over the cliff. Oh, I need to rewatch it. I need to rewatch it. it. It's, a, it's a classic. I've seen it, um, not parodies, a homage to it and so many things. Mm, so. I even saw it in a My Little Pony episode. Oh, um, wow. With our, with our bowling and the guy goes <laughs> in and it, there's the dude and his teammate and uh, bowling. And yeah, it's, yep. Dude. It is, My little pony. Yeah, I know. Friendship is magic. The um, Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. Absolutely. Um, also, worth, um, it's worth kind of <laughs> noting that there's uh, a couple of cameo appearances in the movie as well. And one of them is actually Flea from the Chili Peppers. He plays ah. a, a nihilist <laughs> with a... Um, <laughs> With a pet meerkat, I think it's a meerkat. <laughs> <laughs> that there's a it's quite so picky. <laughs> it's, it's quite a uh, uh, quite a wince-inducing scene where they, the the meerkat ends up in the bath with the dude. Um, <laughs> and, um, it's, def- it's a definite stoner movie. Eh? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you do find yourself kind of watching it bet- from behind your fingers in parts because it's just like, oh my god, this can't possibly get any worse. <laughs> for them they can't possibly screw this up any further um so it is a bit of a disaster movie as well so yeah um big lebowski if you haven't seen it again like what are you doing Mm. like go and watch the big lebowski because it's a great great movie and um yeah uh out of 10 um i'm gonna give it a nine wow good yeah it's It's a good movie it's a definite good one yeah carry on glenn Ah, right. Um, I have picked a film. Um, Is it My Little Pony? (laughs) No, no. It's close, close, but not quite. Um, I have picked um, Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Came out in 98. What? Shut up, Ian. (laughs) Shut up, Donnie. Uh, I'm just calling him Donnie for the rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. We're, we're aware that there is a thing called Pokemon. Um, and Pokemon was a it's a game. It was put on it's a Nintendo game. And then in Japan they had a um a TV show and 
it all culminated in this one film that came out. So there's the different, there's the game franchise, there's the anime franchise, and there's the manga cartoon, and then there's the the film, uh, the film series as well. And this was the first one, um, and it cost five million to make, and it's raked in over one hundred and seventy two million. Oh, um, no. <laughs> um, and what I, I I've only become aware of Pokemon since like um, December uh, December twenty actually. Um, so I had no idea. Ninety eight. Oh gosh, I was such a grown up, you know, mm. going out and hanging with the girlfriend and doing cool things like that, and watching Big Lebowski and very adulty things. I had no idea that the stuff was going on, eh? and, and yet this was effectively Star Wars for so many kids in a generation. So we went from Star Wars last week with our special to now Pokemon. Now, Pokemon is the world's biggest um, media franchise, over wow. 100, 100 billion um, and, and climbing. And so it must have really touched a nerve, eh? Um, just kind of like what we talked about with Star Wars last week. Mm. And I can, I can understand why, because it's really freaking good. Um, the the movie itself, it basically is a culmination of, um, you know, the the series, and it's a bit of a, um, um, a, a you know, that's got all the special mythical Pokemon in it, and. Mewtwo is the um, the hero and the villain all in one, which is kind of neat. Um, and, you know, the film talks about, um, it's got stuff in there about the ethics of cloning and genetic modification and existentialism, which I didn't pick up on that, but apparently it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I think no. all 70-year-olds should know about that sort of stuff. It's yeah, good. Well, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, especially that exponential one. What was it? I can't even say that. Existentialism. I don't actually know what it entirely means. Isn't um, it an infection? Like, you get, no, you get if you don't no, wash properly, no, no it's no, certainly it's something else. It's, staff. it's a staff infection, isn't it? No idea. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really a medical guy. I think yogurt's um, supposed to be really good for that. Yeah, I've heard that too. Um, so yeah, from you know. You'll look at it now and you go, oh, yeah, as looking at it through adult eyes. But we talked about this with Star Wars. Mm. Um, that would have been a big deal. And they had, like, um, in the States when it came out a year later, uh, when during that week there was Pikachuitis, which out, there was an outbreak um, across um, schools in America where so many kids just pulled themselves out of school and went to the movies to, mm. watch, um, to watch Pikachu. <laughs> And um, you can use yogurt for that, I believe. Oh, you can, right. you... <laughs> Either way, the film cemented Pokemon in pop culture and um, and made it the phenomenon that it really is. Eclipsing it's huge. Our beloved, they, eclipsing our beloved Star Wars. And, they have, know, um, they have, they have the apps. They have the apps now. I don't know on the phones. Where oh, oh, a yeah. while ago we go not, around I'm and not, chase them and. I do it on a daily basis, Ian. You do? He, I do. He's not kidding. Yeah. I've no, seen him no. do it. I've seen yeah. him doing it down at Parliament. 
<laughs> that's uh, and I'm not kidding. I, no, I know. Yeah, that's, no. That's, no, isn't that what all the politicians do down at no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much. I'll tell you what is good, man. Least, it's, least, it's, especially when they're looking for tractors and things, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's still big with kids today, yeah. Um, and so for me, it's such a wonderful bonding um, experience with my daughter and a lot of my uh, mates' friends as well. The fact that I know the names of these Pokemon, um, it just opens a door and they're like, oh, have you got this? Have you got that? And I'm like, yeah, I've got this. I've got that. And show it is, off what I've got. It is, it is kind of scary problem. how collectible they've become now as well, mm. right? Like, oh. I mean, we're talking like tens of thousands of dollars for like one particular card and stuff if it's like... Yeah. On the wow. card, card, yeah. You know, yeah. If it's a, if it's a shiny... <laughs> Mm. Yes, look at it. You laugh, but you know. It's- I've got a, f- I've got a few hologram cards and a few shinies up my sleeve. Don't you worry. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really. Right. I'm going to do my. Uh, thanks. That's, that's Pokemon. Was it, Glenn? Is <laughs> yes. that? Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah uh, so um, next, moving on. Now that's awesome. And. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, to have, I'm going to tell my wife. I can beat you up. <laughs> oh, I'm only missing, bro. He it's, cut me off, Bruno. He I, said no more Pokemon and cut me off. I have been. I have walked around. I've walked around a castle site collecting Pokemon's on my phone with my son. I've done it. It's so, awesome. It's a bonding experience for all generations. It's massive. You are right. It's huge. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if I'd watch the movie, but it is huge. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I went for, uh, yeah, a, a classic. There was a lot of classics came out in 98. There were so many movies. There's so many. There's quite a lot to choose from. Uh, I went for Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. And I did that because... Uh, what is, oh, I just Googled this a little bit before, so it's... Uh, what do they describe it as? A, oh, really? A black comedy crime film? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Guy Ritchie, directed by Guy Ritchie, who's awesome. We all know that. Um, I chose this because I like gangster movies. And, you know, who doesn't like a good gangster movie with lots of swearing and brutality and, you know, names like Barry the Baptist and Nick the Greek? Yeah, I like those kind of movies. Uh, a bit like yours, Martin. Awesome soundtrack. Uh, songs like Why Did You Do It by Stretch, James Brown, The Stooges, The Stone Roses, Dusty Springfield. Real good soundtrack on it. And I have a, I think I've got a soft spot for UK uh, sort of gangster movies. I don't mind the American ones, but I like the I like the Poms, you know. I think they do a good job of it. They're a little bit uh I always find them a little darker perhaps, a bit more gritty, a bit more sort of undergroundy. Uh yeah, the the US the US gangster movies to me always seem a little bit more polished, a little bit nicer, you know, everyone's a bit prettier. But oh, the yeah, Brits yeah, the Brits are just a bit more like you know, yeah, and they've perfected the art. They've perfected the art of their. They've perfected the art of their headbutt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, that's... You, don't, you don't see many American movies where someone nuts somebody, eh? Yeah, they're too pretty. That's quintessentially British. 
Yeah. But, the, but in <laughs> fairness, they Pretty did common. kind of steal that off the Scottish. So, you know, it all goes round. It all goes That's round. That's right. Glasgow yeah. kisses for everyone. The Glasgow kiss, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, yeah, a good movie. If you've not so, not seen uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and you want something that's, um, yeah, a good, maybe a good Saturday night, not for the kids, but, you know. <laughs> Give them the Pokemon. If you want the kids, go with the Pokemon. Yeah, uh, definitely not for the kids. Not for the kids. But, uh, you know, cracky movie. Anyway, yeah, thank you is. very much, chaps. That I think that brings us to uh, how we're doing for time. Oh, no, I just want, I wanted to say that movie is bloody marvellous, and I'll tell you yes. what. 90s yeah. films brought back the art of the soundtrack. Correct. Um, I, I just reckon. want to say kudos to Guy Ritchie for, for making a movie and putting Sting in it where he doesn't suck as well. It must be yeah. the only one. That he's actually good pretty point. good in that movie. Yes. Yeah. Didn't he have that it's... ex-footballer in it as well? Yeah, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones, Vinnie, isn't it? Yeah. Vinnie Jones just... just looks like somebody you don't really want to meet. After dark, okay. Well, that's that's that British thing because their yeah. their actors are they're they're more real, you know. Don't oh, you? We are good at, we are oh, good at doing villains. I've got to say, yeah, can't, yeah, can't <laughs> fake that. But it's also funny as hell. The film it is. It's it's, 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 smart. it's, it's, it's really a funny. riot. It's an absolute riot. What is that? That's Gloria. Yes, I know that's Gloria. What's that? Uh, fertilizer. You went out six hours ago to buy a money counter and you come back with a semi-conscious Gloria and a bag of fertiliser. Alarm bells are ringing, Willie. Um, we need fertiliser, Winston. Mm -hmm. We also need a money counter. This money's got to be out by Thursday. I'm buggered if I'm going to count it. Oh, and um, if you do have to buy sodding fertiliser, could you just be a little more subtle? What do you mean? We grow copious amounts of ganja, yeah? Yeah. And you're carrying a wasted girl and a bag of fertiliser. You don't look like your average hoarder fucking culture. What sort of pub is this then? It's a Samoan pub. What's that? It's a cocktail. You asked for a cocktail? No. I asked you to give me a refreshing drink. Wasn't expecting a fucking rainforest. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically a heist, isn't it? You know, and yeah, uh, if you don't want to be counting how many fingers you haven't got. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Martin. Oh, can, you do that? can you do that with auto tune? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> now go get me an ice cream. Go get me an ice cream. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> I agree. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think that, um, I mean, that that was, I think that wraps us up with the movie Sesh. How long have we got on time here? We, We're we just got less than a minute. Yeah, that's Great. Us. So we'll it's see you over. on the next side, guys, and we'll do the, uh, we'll crack into the albums, which I think we're all looking forward to. Kia ora. Welcome back to mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah, hit me, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we no, go. one more time. One more part time. Part two. Part two. <laughs> part two. Yes. Welcome back. The good so, half. Um, yeah, this is exciting, this half, isn't it? We've got uh, – this is the music reviews we're going to give for you now. So I think this – I think it's fair to say that this was quite a challenge for us four. We were flicking through albums and really, really nutting it out with what to choose. There was a, There's a lot of stuff going on in 1990. 
eight. So uh, what have I written here? I think the, uh, the world was alive with all kinds of music. The number one single was A Millennium by Robbie Rubbish Williams. Yeah, and, right. uh, yeah, that's for you, Robbie. Uh, I had a little flick online at a 1998 Rolling Stones magazine this afternoon, which was quite interesting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, quoting from the Rolling Stones, I used to read those. Did you read those mags yes. way back then? Yeah. 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 Rolling Q Stones. Magazine. Q, Q Magazine. Mag uh, yeah. Q Magazine was the sort yeah. of go-to thing for me. Yeah. There you go. And uh, I love the quote they've got in there. They, and make your comments on the Facebook. Here we go. Hip-hop triumphed and teens ruled while music split into millions of sub subgenres. Record companies merged into giant corporations. And I think that sums it up quite nicely, 1998. There was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so let's start... Any volunteers? Who's going to kick us off? First album. Maybe I should, given what you just said. Do it, Dave. Right. So, 98. So, this album was the only album put out by this band. Um, uh, they came together in around 97, and they were disbanded in 99. Um, uh, the lead singer and the, the founder of the band um, went on to have a very successful career as a um, songwriter, um, even winning um, you know a Grammy for um, uh, the, the Game of Love um, that was sung and played by Santana and Michelle Brant Branch, I think, in two thousand three. Um, that was that song was written by this guy. Greg Alexander's his name, and he's the lead singer for the New Radicals and. Some of you might be scratching your head out there going, who are they? Um, mm. I bought this album back in 98 um, because it had the hit song on it. Um, and I guess a lot of people did because the album did very well um, as a result of that. It, it's, it's an interesting one because the song itself, and I'm going to play a little bit, but you guys will know it. Um, and we'll just, just cut to a little bit of it here.
So it is it is quintessential late 90s, right? So it has it has all that um, it's got some good guitar work in there. Um, it's obviously very poppy and very catchy. Um, uh, well produced in that. But no auto tune, um, uh, fortunately, in this. Um, he's got an amazing voice. Uh, you hear him live back in the back in the day singing this, and and phenomenally good. Um, this song, um, I put it to you all um, and to our audience out there, is um, is the song that should be the rolling credits for the end of the 1990s. It really does um, have that nostalgic feel. It's kind of like the Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me, what mm. that is to the 80s. It's kind of that to the late 90s. Um, it's just one of those songs. Um, it does it, it does fit into the one-hit wonder category, though. I mean, the album itself uh, has some, some good stuff on there, but when you've got songs, you know, it's basically sex, drugs, and religion is what this album is. So you've got... Um, maybe you've been brainwashed too is the name of the album. You've got Gotta Stay High. That's a song. Um, uh, what is it? You oh, get what you give, obviously. <laughs> no, well, yeah, strong drug references. Um, right. Mother, we mother, we just can't get enough um, for Mother's Day. <laughs> uh, you get what you give, obviously. Um, then you've got things like uh, I Don't Want to Die Anymore. Jehovah made this whole joint for you. Oh, crying like right. a church on Monday. So it's 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 out there and rebellious. Mm. Where, where did they come from? It's very rebellious. Uh, for past God, Scottish, weren't they? Were they Scottish? No, 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 no. no. These guys are American. No, 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 American. American? American. Uh-huh. Rusty okay. Anderson. You might re- recognize Rusty Anderson, Paul McCartney's lead guitarist these days. He's um. So this was this was um Greg Alexander plus a whole lot of session musicians. And when I say a whole lot, it's got to be like fifteen or so of these guys right are on this album and rusty anderson's a lead guitarist um it, it, it's uh yeah it's, so it's a real mix what i would say though is that um he's not he's not the best lyricist you'll ever um have to listen to um in fact he's pretty rubbish in some of these songs uh but his uh songwriting is just phenomenal his uh melodies chord work really interesting chord work even you get what you give it's a very interesting song when you listen to the way he switches chords and and how he sort of that melody he came up with is is mm. yeah fantastic so um but uh and then just to end with for the listeners you'll you'll know here's some fun facts you'll know the song the end of the song he goes through and he says um and it is the rebellious sort of side and it is the sort of the protest um you know movement and it's that uh that part where he says health insurance rip off line fda big bank is buying so that's that's a that's a that's a bit of a dig at the uh, the corporate America at the time, and what you're talking about, Ian, in terms of those record companies getting bigger and bigger. Fake computer crashes, dining. So Y2K was coming, right? Um, cloning while they're multiplying, and then this is the part I love, right? So fashion shoots with Beck and Hanson, Courtney Love and Marin and Manson. You're all yeah. fake. Run to your mansions. Come around, we'll kick your ass and We'll kick right? your so ass and I did a big dean on that and. Um, I know on the uh, on the chat this week or last week, guys, you were talking about Beck or uh, someone was. Yeah. Um, do you know when this came out? You know, Marilyn Manson said he wanted to go and smash Greg's face, and right, he wanted to smash out Greg Alexander's face, and not because he says "come around, we'll kick your ass," and but because Marilyn Manson, because he's mentioned in the same line as Courtney Love. 
That's Jesus. You can do anything you want, but don't you know, don't mention me alongside here. With <laughs> Courtney, yeah. And, um, and the other cool thing about this is, uh, yeah, he mentions Hanson, but did you know that obviously there were no hard feelings because um, Hanson got him in in the early 2000s to, to write some songs for them. And he did. Um, so there's obviously no bad blood there. Uh, Interesting. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, look, so, so just to end with, I think, uh, avoid uh, Gotta Stay High and Technicolor Love. They're rubbish. Um, I don't know what he was on when he wrote those. Probably, yeah, probably the weakest um, in terms of the melody and, and the lyrics are just cheesy and, and rubbish. Um, do listen to, uh, obviously, you know, um, the big hit, but there's also a great song called uh, Crying Like a Church on Monday and Someday We'll Know. Um, two wonderful songs. Uh, one's a, a ballad. The other one's um, a lot more upbeat and catchy. Um, Glenn will probably chuck those up on our listening Thing. I listened. Um, I listened to the album this last week. I put it on in the barber shop, yeah. And I thought I'd have a listen to the full album because yeah, I only knew the single. I only knew the single, and uh, it's it's a pretty easy album to listen to. Yep, it's uh, definitely man. The sounds of the nineties is right there, eh? Yeah, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Totally. And Very good. Right. Okay, well, thanks, Dave. Yeah, who's going next, guys? Any volunteers? think we're going to stick the same order right so that's yeah me, i think I hit it martin yeah so i've gone for a, a little bit of a uh a slightly obscure one well certainly um probably Ooh. here in new zealand and probably it was in the uk as well really um it did okay in the us it did okay in the states uh by a band called fastball um now this was their second album um the band um is um three guys three members uh, and they're kind of like an alternate rock power pop kind of group and I think the power pop thing actually suits this band really really well because one thing that they're incredibly good at is just writing really really catchy hooky choruses um, and the the three singles from this album um, which were The Way which was their biggest hit Fire Escape and Out of My Head um, all three of those songs, I, I dare you to try listening to one of those three songs and not sit there humming it afterwards. <laughs> I, um, it, it's non impossible. They are very, very catchy songs, very, very clever songwriters. So, um, yeah, they, um, they had a really interesting marketing campaign with this album. Their first album um, tanked, didn't do anything, but this was their second one. Um, the album's called All the Pain Money Can Buy. Um, and um, they started kind of um, hooking around the first single from the album, which is called The Way. Um, and the song is, as I say, is very, very catchy. It will get in your head. Um, and um, basically took it around all the, the radio stations, got a lot of heap of airplay from it, um, and then didn't release it as a single. So in order to mm. get the song, you had to buy the album. And as a result, their album sold um, half a million copies in three months in the States and went on to sell a million copies um, purely on the, on the back of that one song, really. Um, yeah. One of the other songs that they released did get into the top 20 as well, but that was it. Um, the song The Way is actually based partly on a true story um, about an elderly couple in the States who were from Texas who drove to um, 
a Pioneer Day festival 10 miles away, um, but didn't return. Um, and um, the, the couple, uh, the lady had Alzheimer's and mm. the guy who was driving uh, was recovering from brain surgery. Um, not the best <laughs> combo. Really. Wow. Um, been an interesting journey. But as they were, um, when they disappeared, uh, a reporter from a local paper started writing lots of articles about them. And uh, the bass uh -huh. player from the band was reading these articles and basically kind of wrote the song, um, but kind of romanticized it and got the idea of basically them both kind of escaping and um, be basically acting like they did when they first met many years ago. Um, unfortunately, yeah. the, the real story is a lot sadder than that. They were found, um, unfortunately, both passed away in the car about 400 miles from their destination. Um, and um, it was an Oldsmobile. And they'd veered off the side of the road and was hidden in, a, in, in the bush. Um, mm. uh, but, um, yeah, it, it's a, as I say, it's a, a very infectious, catchy song when you listen to it. It was also kind of almost like a almost a novelty record when it was released they they didn't kind of weren't taking it particularly seriously mm. um but um in an interview um the uh the bass player yeah he, he said that um you know it was a song that kind of hit just at the right moment because it is a, an unusual song and it's got a retro feel it feels very 60s when you listen to it uh, so lots of kind of little sound effects and things in there. There's like radio static and little bits of radio announcing and stuff going on mm. in the song as well. And they said that there was a brief moment in time when people were having hits with really weird stuff. Um, we got lucky that we came along at that time. Two years later, and we would have been too late. It wouldn't have happened for them. Yeah. Um, I've since kind of the way that I discovered them was at the time I was working in the UK in a in a. A, uh, a store, Woolworths. So in New Zealand, we know Woolworths as being like a supermarket, but in the UK, mm. it's more like the warehouse. It used to yeah. sell a bit of everything. And one of the things they had was it was a, like a record counter and, and like sold CDs and DVDs and stuff like that. And my job was uh, running that record counter. That was why my first kind of nice. big retail job. Um, and as a result, cool. it was it was a great job. It was the best job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as a result, um, every time the new singles came in every week on like a Friday, I would sit there and play all of the singles that day, kind of get, getting the heads up on what was coming out and what I could put aside on the shelf at the back and lay by for me. So I could always get the first picks on a Monday morning when they came out. Um, and this song, um, when it, that first day that I heard it, I think I played it like eight or nine times in the shop. Um, and got in quite a bit of trouble with my manager. <laughs> but, but, um, 
yeah, it, it, as I say, super, super catchy. Um, the album, all the paint money can buy, and the band is called Fastable. Go and check them out mm. because they're a great song. Yeah, I, I listened to that one as well last week in the barbershop, and uh, I can't remember what song it was, but there's a real good guitar riffy song on there. It's got a real good riff. I was just trying to have a look, and I, but I wrote it down in, my, in a different book. But it's an interesting album, eh? It's 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 yes, yeah, good album actually. Yeah, not what I was expecting. And it's quite riffy if you're into guitars and stuff. So it's got that stuff going on, eh? Yeah, they're a good bunch of musos. And, and as I mm. say, they, they can write a hook. Yeah, defo. Yeah, that's a that's a nice choice there. Right, Mr. Glenn Thurston, all the way from Tawa. All right. Um, I've chosen yeah. chosen uh, an album called Moon Safari by Ear. And... Mm. Um, yeah, it was quite a departure from me and my listening sort of styles, um, which had been more guitar orientated from the for a few years earlier than that. And um, then coming and listening to a French duo who make um, sophisticated, dreamy, a little bit psychedelic um, electronica pop. Um, and I just fell in love with the album. It's the perfect sort of Sunday morning album um it's got a little bit of edge to it it's super styly um but certainly it's not i don't know um i wouldn't describe it as it's 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 certainly laid back it's very french (laughs) it's it's a combination of french and english um lyrics you guys heard the album it's a great album it's a great great album yeah dave no yes good yeah it's different um, it's different, yeah, and and it was a it was a say a minor, it was a hit, um, and the singles "Sexy Boy" was the the lead single um, that came out in January that year, um, or February. by that sort of weird sound and we were talking about auto-tune earlier well these guys went right back to the vocoder and just went full <laughs> vocoder like they, were, they weren't afraid to use all of that stuff and yet there's still something kind of digital about the whole thing as well they're kind um, of a they're kind of like a precursor really to daft punk you know in a lot of ways yeah although daft punk went yeah. with like a heavier kind of sound and, and went more kind of yeah towards the techno thing that that, it must be a French thing again, but you, um, yeah, definitely you, that retro 
you can hear there's a bit of fun yeah, going on in there much so. but it, yeah. you, can, but you was, can hear Daft Punk in that stuff right totally man. Um, but it was packaged in this sort of exquisite thing it's a complete record yeah um, I rate it up there as you know when it came to 98 I looked at it and went oh it's only one choice um, and that was Moon Safari for me um, yeah I highly recommend um and, you know, if you're wanting a nice chill-out morning album, it's brilliant. Um, even a late-night one, I suppose, as well. Um, so in our early 20s, you know, that um, in our early 20s, yeah, I mean, there was so much being chucked out and thrown mm-hmm. out on the radios and stuff. And that's, that's, a, that's an obscure – I would think that at that time that would have been a slightly obscure kind of album to get. I don't know. Um, there was there was quite a, lot, a niche of, of artists around that time in that kind of electronic kind of genre that were coming through. You know, you had like the, the Orb and uh, Banco de Gaia. And, Someone mentioned Massive Attack on our web on our Facebook page. Yeah, Saint yeah. Germain. Yeah, but those kind of it was slightly Saint instrumental Germain, albums as yes. well. You know, uh, Apollo yeah. four forty and um, the Grid. There was there was a number of bands around that time. Enigma from, was that one of them? Uh, that was a bit earlier. Yeah. That was a bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 but um, definitely that kind of genre, and and it, you know, they all kind of took a lot of that kind of retro um, influence in a big way. When you listen I, to a, a lot of them, they're all kind of in that that game. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would agree. And um, being a, a Floyd head, um, yeah, there was definitely some elements in there around the, particularly the keyboards, um, and use of a range of sort of that uh, sort of. It's sort of Floydian sound at times, not always, but there's a little bit there. Um, and then they went on to do probably one of the greatest soundtrack albums ever a couple of years later for um, The Virgin Suicides. That album is stunning. And there's a lot more acoustic instruments in that one. Um, oh, I've not heard that. Oh, I have to have a listen to that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, brilliant. Utterly, utterly brilliant. It is a soundtrack yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. But it is, oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they were tops and they went quite in a proggy sort of direction after that as well. Um, and that's not a bad thing either. Um, I yeah, was glad but, to listen to it. They were good. Yeah. Moon Safari was um, a breath of fresh air and mm. um, God, we thrashed it um, so much mm. and still love it to bits. Um, so I'll check up a couple of tracks. It is it is um, one of those albums that you can kind of put on when your mates around and you suddenly feel like quite sophisticated. <laughs> Everyone should be having like martinis and, and sort of I need that. And then you bring out the Pokemon cards. That's it. And yeah. it's like, oh, Jesus. Well, it's, it's, it's probably a Brittany. different generation, actually. <laughs> it probably did make me feel sophisticated. Um, what was one of there was somebody that described um, Alex Pedidris, um, um did a review of it, and he said it was a superbly inventive album that creates a sound world in your living room, a world where everything's more shiny, chic, and sophisticated than reality and i think just exactly what you were saying <laughs> yeah. it makes you makes it just makes things cooler and that's what it does mm. so yeah highly recommend nice yeah go and get that one and uh thanks glenn and that leads us to myself and this week i chose i actually chose the year because i chose the year because of this album oh nice one so yeah and uh 
The album is called The Three EPs by the Beta Band. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What a groove. What a groove. What a band. Mm. What a groove. And the three EPs is a uh, is a compilation of the th- of the first three releases. Uh, they're a Scottish band, which I didn't really know actually. But yeah, there you go. They're from Scotland, and they're kind of like um, I don't know. They're like I would say describe them as experiment experimental sort of maybe. I don't want to say pop, but probably. Experimental pop. Um, uh, I what I like about them is the the feel of the music and the flavour of the music. So all the f words. Um, the music makes you feel good, and the flavour makes you. I don't know. Just it brings out really good vibes. It's a pretty chilled album if you've never listened to it. Uh, I don't think there's a bad song on it. Some of them are quite long, so they take a, a little bit of getting into. So if you want a pop album, it's not a pop album. It's a uh, long song, man. Yeah, that's right. And uh, what else can I say about it? I've got uh, it was produced by a guy called Chris Ellison, and he was he was quite a, a well known producer. He did some cool stuff uh, with Coldplay, uh, Kinky. Do you listen to a bit of Kinky as a band? They are a little bit out there, but they were good. Uh, the Shack, they were good as well. So yeah, they, they had a good producer for that. For that, it was his idea to bring the, the three EPs together because they weren't very, they weren't doing much, selling much. Uh, but yeah, I think if you want to chill, or if you want to uh, unwind and reconnect, realign. I've I've written this stuff down. Jesus Christ, it must. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to realign and reconnect yourself, did you, did you end up being realigned? I've, yeah, I, I feel way more grounded now, man. And <laughs> that yeah. band, good man. It's and a they, great band. And yeah. they, they, they name checked it massively on the um, High Fidelity movie. The guy yes. in the shop, like he puts, he puts drives. Right. He goes, watch this. I'm going to sell t- six yes. copies of um, uh, the beta band yes. three EPs, and he puts dry the rain on. Everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> who's this man? He's the groove that kicks in, and all the shop is like, yeah, who's that? And so <laughs> it's, uh, it's beta band three EPs, and they're like, it's good. And he goes, I know. <laughs> <laughs>
I've forgotten <laughs> about that, but that's <laughs> right. The arrogance. I know. There must be that on YouTube, just that yeah, one. And, then they do, and they all just rock up and just buy the album. <laughs> and it is a great album. It's, it's a really good album. I don't think there are other stuff I've listened to. It's pretty wish-washy, neither here nor there. But go and, go and buy the three EPs. That is definitely... Finding it on vinyl is hard. Ooh, on vinyl might be, yeah, I wouldn't know, man. Because um, you asked me to keep an eye out for it, and I've been keeping an eye out for it, and I can't find it. Oh, <laughs> since 2005. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, 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 friendship. Of, that's what a mate does. That's what a mate does. Oh, oh, a couple of years. Oh. Okay, yeah, I have been. I've been looking out for I love it. you, man. <laughs> so I think, uh, I think that was... A very, uh, a very, a very enjoyable, successful evening, guys. Uh, kind of brings us towards the the end of the sesh, I think, um, yeah. of nineteen ninety eight, a time when rock was perhaps marinating, you like that, Declining. and uh, rap maybe rap was ruling. Perhaps I don't know. What do, do you yeah, think? I think it's, it's on the ascent. It's on yeah. the ascent. Yeah, yeah. A, a nod, a nod to our rap and hip hop. Um, brothers and sisters, absolutely. They were, mm. they were, they were paving the way, weren't they? Um, yeah, it was the year of like Lauren yeah. Hill. It was the year yes. of Outcast first album, right? So yeah. Cypress oh. Hill. So that was, oh, yeah. yeah. It was I mean, off. Martin earlier on mentioned on our Facebook page uh, the, and I, I have to do a shout out for the Madonna album Ray of Light, mm. and uh, that was, that was when really I. Yeah, I mean, when I think of Madonna, if I did an imitation of Madonna and be like, True blue, baby, I love you. That's Madonna for me, right? Oh, I, love I just that song. can't. Oh, Dave, Jesus. But the. Um, <laughs> well, I actually bought I bought that. Uh, is it called Ray of Light? Ray of Light. Ray of Light. Yeah. And Ray of I Light. bought that album when it came out. I bought that with a Chris Rio album as well. Do you know what? And, the, uh, William, the production on it, yeah, is yeah. just. Oh. Off the chart, yeah. yeah. So, so but you can you can you can put it down to that. She always chose really good collaborators. You've, if yeah, you've William, not got William that album, Orbit, you've got to go get it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great it's album. A good She's um, one, it's a, her, I think it's the fortieth anniversary of like her as a recording artist this year, and she's releasing. Um, uh, I think it's either a double or a triple vinyl this year, and it's all like the dance uh, wow. remixes and stuff of the stuff. Of, of most of her career and she nice. did she had an in, uncanny ability to pick like someone who was like just under the surface hadn't broken through really mm-hmm. but, but basically like influenced like a whole wave of artists coming off the back of those albums mm-hmm. you know um but william orbit yeah more so than most you know i think of things like all saints you remember pure sures by all saints and mm-hmm. it just had that william orbit sound about it i don't even know it might have even been him i'm not Blues. sure Blues 13 was yeah. uh, William Orbit as well. Yeah. Was it? Oh, well, yeah. there you go. But uh, the ray of light just, it knocks you on your ass. I mean, the first song, I remember putting it on thinking, you know, like a virgin. Woo! No, nothing and, like uh, that. Uh, oh, what? It's growing up, <laughs> It's growing up, man. She, yeah, and she had a thing of like being really good in terms of being able to kind of reinvent herself, you know. And that really was because just before that, if you remember, she was doing the whole sex thing and uh, yeah. the erotica uh, stuff and was like, uh, 
How far could I push this? Like, oh, it's oh, way too far. So, <laughs> which is quite but, interesting because musically, that ray of light. I mean, did she write the songs in that album? She writes writes the lyrics. Yeah, I think she collaborates on like the music, but but lyrically, I think yeah. she writes all her own lyrics. Yeah, I think she always. It has. is yeah. almost like she's taking it serious. You know, the album is a bit like that. You know, a lot you like that. Defin- you should definitely check her. Um, uh, Rock and Tours um, podcast. They've got Pat Leonard on, and he was one of her producers in the early days. Right. And he talks about her working style. It's really awesome to listen to. Yes. How she does it. Yeah. S- send, send us a link to that. We'll have a listen. But yeah, guys, we're going to wrap up for the evening. So I would like to thank our listeners for tuning in. We've got 300, have we? 300 mad mental people that are downloading our stuff. <laughs> What, what's wrong with people out there? Nothing. Nothing. Jesus. We, we make but a quality the- product. <laughs> so, people so, taste. <laughs> special people. And uh, we'll be here next week, same time, and I think we'll uh, have a year sorted out for you then. So I'd like to say goodbye from the band and myself. Bye. Sure, it's